0: you need indeed Aaron Rodgers looking for Devante Adams who has got it DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone Jonathan Taylor touchdown Pass
1: touchdown. hello everyone welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio brought to you by Blue Wire my name is Colin Kelly you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and as always I'm joined by Sean Siegel, my co-host here on the show one of the co-owners Ad and the co-host as well of the Stealing Bananas podcast. Sean, we are on to Thursday. We're ready to look through maybe some more. Uh, we, we did kind of go through all the games and how things played out over the last weekend, but we'll start to look at it now from a contest perspective. How some of the players did, maybe that we were impressed with, or maybe players that were concerned about. And we were talking before we started recording today. We may parlay some of those players, maybe more so of concern, but maybe also the players who did well. We might parlay that into the Saturday podcast where we talk a little bit more in depth about how we think that affects them from a dynasty perspective. We're heading in even to redraft season. I did joke on the show, I think it might have been last week, that the FFPC best ball season may be starting over the next kind of week and a half or so. So we have lots of stuff to, to look forward to, really uh, should be a fun show. But Sean, we did talk on last week's show and I think the contest this year it was discussed on a lot of uh, shows that i would listen to i know you know pat and pete and ben over at ship chasing talked through it and a lot of different scenarios i know you were on with them as well as you set up some teams there so lots of fun playoff contests going around this year but obviously the ffpc is the one that we focused on mainly there is one coming up this weekend as well for the remaining teams. so lots of fun stuff happening over there but we're going to dive in, and I'm going to let you take the floor and, and go with who you want to start with or, or what your kind of key takeaways was. You, you mentioned on Tuesday's show that we have a number of teams that are in a good position. We have a couple of teams maybe that have a, a bit of ground to make up or, or maybe that ground will not be made up, but um, in a good spot in a number of positions due to some key players. Is there any of the the, the key pivot points maybe? And that's how we kind of signed off on the show on Tuesday with some of those pivot points. Is there any other ones that you want to to dive into on today's show? Yeah, so we played one
2: team at the $200 level to kind of make that our signature team, and then four teams at the $35 level to play through some of the scenarios and bet on some different types of things. And a couple of those teams are doing well. The $200 team is doing well. I think two of the four $35 teams are doing well. So pretty happy with those results. We talked on Tuesday about how our main team that we had successfully faded the Patriots and the Eagles, not surprising teams to have done that with, and successfully soft faded the Cardinals and the Cowboys to an extent. It would have been great if their kicker and defense had scored more points for us. There were some other scenarios where you could still be completely in with the eight teams remaining and your eight players remaining and have scored a few more points from those guys. But the other element of that that we didn't really talk about, which was also mildly positive, I would say is that we played Darren Waller off of the Raiders. We played Deontay Johnson off of the Steelers. Both of those guys scored a solid number. So that puts us in a decent position here. They didn't go off like a few of the players, uh, but they didn't put us out of the contest either. And so, and again, you know, in terms of talking about cashing at a decent level, not actually talking about winning the whole thing, which obviously you want to win the whole thing. That's that's our goal for all of these contests. But I like where we are and I like the way that we played it. One of the things that was a lot of fun last week was to use the different Rotoviz tools to kind of prepare for this contest, some other contests, DFS, Michael Hitchcock is doing some cool DFS work for the playoffs. And To go through, to use the game level similarity projections, to use the fantasy strength of schedule streamer, Uh, the stat explorer has a matchup analysis tab that gives you all kinds of cool in-depth info in terms of the matchup that that player has in a variety of different ways. And then we've got cool things like the game splits where you can look at some things with say Derrick Henry versus AJ Brown. Obviously the ceiling signals tool has all kinds of uh, deep analysis if you're trying to figure out know what the players are doing and you know who you think is going to have the most volume that type of thing in these games and so i think when you get into sort of a not necessarily one week but get into these contests where you have both a dfs type of element and a scenario based type of element it's been fun to kind of pick the teams that we think are going to win and combine those things with the tools that was just a lot of fun last week and so i'm looking forward to that again We'll put together a team for the FFPC Playoff Contest 2. But yeah, a couple of things that just jump out there is that Darren Waller had a very good matchup. The Raiders didn't find the end zone very well in this game. One of the things is that if you soft the Raiders with the kicker position, then you're in great shape right now, obviously. But I liked what Waller did. He bounced back off of the weak performance the previous week and you know probably halfway in between his level as a star and you know where he is when he's completely out injured or you know just coming back in that first game so that performance was encouraging the raiders now you know continuing to go through the turmoil that has they've been broiled in really all season right they have the the gm fired it's interesting here because you have a team that's actually pretty decent now we know that they won a bunch of close games. They got blown out. The teams that they tended to beat weren't the better teams, and yet Derek Carr played extremely well. They overcame, you know, so much to get where they were. They beat a good Chargers team in Week 18, and then very competitive with a good Bengals team here in the first round of the playoffs. So I think you argue that the GM has done some things well. At the same time, obviously his, uh, you know, the, the head coach that he's tied to was a bit of a debacle and their first round picks during his tenure were catastrophic. And so when that's the situation for you, you're going to get knocked out. Now, when you look at the caliber of the jobs that are available, I continue to think that Derek Carr now has emerged as not necessarily a star, but someone who is well above the Kirk Cousins type of level and someone that you could make the playoffs with obviously they did that this year. Someone you can win some playoff games with if you surround him with a little bit more talent. Now, it was cool to see someone like Isaiah Jones who is a bust, right? But has battled through, has stayed in the NFL, played some good games down the stretch, scored a touchdown in the wild card game. You know, if they can get in there and add a number one receiver to what they have with the rest of this offensive lineup, then suddenly you're looking at a pretty interesting team. And so they'll be a fun team to track from that perspective as we go forward. Colin, again, there were some different ways you could have played it if you saw faded the Steelers with their defense. Uh, A little bit surprising, perhaps, that the Chiefs who give up the score. But given the fact that Raiders and Steelers, two teams that likely were either completely faded or played kicker and defense with them, you could have played them in a way that was better than the way that we played them, but I'm still pretty happy with the results that we got.
1: Yeah, and even just looking at like the optimal lineup in the, at the moment, in that $200 contest does have the Pittsburgh defense who got 13 points uh, in that game. Obviously, got the the return for a touchdown, but you know we did go with Deontay Johnson. He had 14.4 points. So, you know, as this progresses, that might play out. For us, but the the issue there is we we, we played the cowboys defense, which puts us in an 11 point hole at the defense spot. So we'll see how those kind of vice versa options play out over the course of the season. In that optimal lineup at the moment, Amari Cooper slots in at 18.4 points, whereas you know how, how things play out then as the rest of the thing goes here. It'll be interesting to look at those two V2 scenarios. When things are all said and done, you mentioned Derek Carr there, and he is somebody that you were very positive on heading into the season. And I think, with all the adversity that was around that team, I think he did take a a big step forward this year. We did see this season where there was probably small chatter, but a little bit of chatter before he missed the rest of the season through uh, injury um, around MVP status. And, um, you know, we hadn't really got back to that point, I guess we'll say. But, you know, I think the likes of a Derek Carr and you made the comparison to Kurt Cousins I think you know if you put Derek Carr in this 49ers offense I think they're a better team if you might be a stretch but I, I think that he could go in and do a very similar job to what Matthew Stafford has done with the LA Rams I would still put him on a level below that but I think that's where he's elevated himself into that conversation whereas previously um, he would have been uh, probably in that Kirk Cousins range in terms of what we were expecting from him. So, fine, fine season for him with all things considered, in, in that situation which was not not the ideal scenario. One of the other players, Sean, that we put in, and um, having a look through how we thought the games might go. I know we talked about this on Saturday before we locked in these lineups, and you know the the Bills scenario against the Patriots. Bills obviously had a phenomenal game, a phenomenal outing. Lots of touchdowns put up. We had Devontae Diggs in that lineup. He finishes with uh, three receptions for sixty yards. Obviously, there is opportunities this coming week, and we could possibly depending on how the Chiefs and the Bills game go. Get that extra week out of him. What's your thoughts on on Digs and a game where if we had said before, you know, the Chiefs put up forty points, we would probably think that we're getting more than the nine out of out of Diggs. Um, What's your thoughts, I guess, on Diggs and this offense? Do you think that was like a one week or where are we in terms of Diggs and our, our love for Diggs long-term as well?
2: Well, one of the things that I noticed when I do look through the career analysis portion of the NFL statics Explorer and you look at Diggs is that his season was not that different in 2021 versus 2020 except in the fantasy points or expectation category. And when you look at his big drop there and you compare that to how efficient he's been in the previous handful of seasons in a variety of environments, obviously some of those with Kirk Cousins, whom we have some questions about, then I think the future is pretty bright. And my main thought there on this wildcard game is that you're going to have some teams and especially some teams like the Patriots who are really looking to take him away. He does still get that deep reception. And I thought that was very encouraging there. The problem slash the solution for the Bills is that they now are involving Isaiah McKenzie. He's someone who said, you know, why is Cole Beasley a big part of this offense? If you use McKenzie, you're going to be much, much more dynamic. You know, Why is Emmanuel Sanders a part of this offense? If you use Gabriel Davis, you'll be much more dynamic. Now, in this wildcard game here, they really sort of managed to get everyone involved, which again is a perfectly ideal for Diggs. Emmanuel Sanders, who has who's been bad this season and is very clearly washed off, shouldn't be out there very often at all. He does catch a touchdown. Gabriel Davis also catches a touchdown, obviously. And so you have a lot of these other guys scoring. It's a big game for Dawson Knox. And so people who play Knox in the contest, that's going to be you know a real long shot overall because you're expecting to get so many points from Josh Allen if the Patriots make it deep into the contest and then... Obviously, Devin Singletary, a nice play as well there. I think that this opens things up enough for the Bills passing offense and creates enough difficulty for the Chiefs. The Stephon Diggs has the potential to go off for one of these games like we saw in week 16 last year, which was obviously in that particular context was the last week of the fantasy playoffs and he has the huge game delivers a bunch of people to fantasy titles and to half a million dollars, all that kind of thing. So from that perspective, I really like digs this week. You also need the chiefs to win that game. And so you're really looking for, if you have digs, you're likely playing a Patrick Mahomes lineup. It's possible that you're playing a Joe Burrow lineup. Uh, but you need Kansas city to come through and win this game. so that'd be the thing that the, the kind of the two levels that I would be concerned about here. Number one, I think it moves in the direction of Buffalo when you continue to see them have so much success with Devin Singletary on a five game run. Now the difficulties that they had at mid season are really very much in the rearview mirror. You, you watch that game with the Patriots and it reinforces even more that their 9-6 loss to the Jaguars is maybe the most surprising result in NFL history, right? Not like this season or this decade, but ever. I mean, you have a team that goes out and scores seven consecutive touchdowns against the New England Patriots, and this is a team that somehow lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars and didn't score points. And so we know that within the context of an NFL football game, you're going to have some peaks and valleys. You have high leverage plays that change games completely, put teams up, you know, multiple touchdowns, and then you're playing from behind. It's very possible that the Chiefs are able to pressure the Bills from an offensive perspective in a way that puts Josh Allen under a little bit more pressure, and he can't just go out there and do whatever he wants. But the addition of Singletary. He's a guy, you know, we obviously talked about before the season was coming in with these crazy results in terms of evasion rate and just seemed to be a very undervalued player, both in fantasy, but also as a reality player, and maybe specifically as a reality player among the decision makers with the Bills, right? And so now that he's kind of overcome that, this offense is very, very dynamic.
0: Hey, RotoViz fans, this is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal RotoViz listener, you can get 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RVRadio2022 at checkout for 10% off a one year RotoViz subscription. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has
1: parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it.
2: Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. On the other side, looking there at a Jarek McKinnon and, you know, you think about what would have been a perfect play for the playoff contest last week, a perfect play obviously in DFS, and now an intriguing play for the playoff contest number two, we're still waiting for news on the various ways that the Chiefs will play this, this week and yet i mean this jared mckinnon performance was crazy right because he did exactly what andy reed wants his running backs to do it was very much the brian westbrook LaShawn mccoy type of game it was what they drafted clyde edwards allure to do and the thing that just kind of boggles my mind is that they had this guy on the team this year they had absolutely no running back talent and we're getting very little bit in terms of they were getting very little in terms of running back performance and didn't use him. Now he had some behind the scenes injuries that may have made it so that he couldn't really do what he's doing now. I think those have been a little bit difficult to track simply because he wasn't getting touches. And so in some of these situations, you're not sure, you know, is he just benched or is he not quite healthy, but. The discussions and the buzz in the preseason where he was making plays exactly like what he made in the playoffs. He's a perfect fit. He was one of the guys on the zero RB top 15 watch list or candidates list for the 2021 season. He was one of the pure busts off that list. And, you know, sometimes you're just wrong, especially when you're looking at guys who are going to be drafted that late in drafts. I mean, you're not going to hit on all those players. But you look at this playoff game and you're like, you know, were we wrong about Jeremy McKinnon or were the Chiefs just bizarrely wrong in terms of what they did?
1: I was wondering when you were starting there, when you were saying about we're waiting to see what the Chiefs do this week, I thought you were going to say you're wondering how the Chiefs get Clyde Edwards-Solaire back into the starting position again because it feels like that is also part of the scenario. Like Looking at the season, I know you mentioned the injuries, but in terms of games that he suited up for, he suited up for 13 games this season. And he had uh, 12 rushing attempts in those 13 games. So he's averaging like less than a rush a game on average. And then he comes out here, has 12 rushes for 61 yards, has um, six receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Like maybe he just found the fountain of youth or lightning in a bottle or whatever you want to call it in this one game. But it seems like at some stage in, in practices, he must have been doing some of this that they didn't want to put out. And we've talked about it a lot with edwards Lair and with, you know, when Williams is in there and even when Gore's in there, the team looks to be in a better position in those scenarios. But we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out. But McKinnon, somebody who we always looked for to hit those heights, it hasn't happened, but this was an explosive performance this week.
2: It was. And, you know, (laughs) our buddy Davis-Medic loves the joke about, McKinnon having been put on IR basically with being, you know, old His and tired. Legs were tired. Right. Right. And so it, it, it seems like he spent the whole year on the bench because. rested up, mm-hmm, Yeah. Just getting ready for the postseason here. And when we look at, at what the chiefs did and some of these guys that, that came through, it wouldn't be fair to completely write off Darrell Williams, right? And this is a guy who had three 20 point games, He had almost a 30-point game in Week 10 against the Raiders. He made an extraordinary touchdown reception. He's a guy who will get the blocked yardage. He's a guy who will score down by the goal line if there is a crevice. He's a guy who can catch the ball effectively out of the backfield. But all of those things within the context of not helping you, merely not hurting you and you have this dynamic offense that creates so much space and teams are begging them to run the ball and to put their running backs into space because darrell williams is not a guy who's going to change the game and one of the things that we saw here with mckinnon is that he can do some of those things and teams would not be so excited about kansas city using their running backs if they had a brian westbrook or if they had a LaShawn mccoy and so again here i don't think that we really have hardly seen Clied Edwards Alaire at a healthy level or a fully 100 percent level, you know, almost all season, even when he has played some. And so there is some potential for that. But you look at the cuts that McKinnon made in this game, and that's what the Chiefs drafted Edwards Alaire to do. That's why they bypassed some of these other elite backs. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't just Jonathan Taylor that they passed up, right? I mean, you're talking about bypassing J.K. Dobbins, bypassing Cam Akers. They thought that he was going to be able to make those moves and make those moves consistently and be an effective catcher out of the backfield. McKinnon, it was something that was so obvious that you know we even have the commentators pointing to the fact that we have a guy who can get to the edge. And that when you can get to the edge, it changes what the offense does. But it's pretty embarrassing for the Chiefs that they haven't had this during this stretch here because it does make a big difference in terms of how the offense works and trying to win these Super Bowls, it's, you know, you, you get spoiled as a fan of a team that has an elite quarterback because suddenly you do have this championship window, you do have this opportunity every year. But we look at where they are losing in the AFC championship game three years ago, winning the Super Bowl, losing in the Super Bowl last year, and then not effectively securing the number one seed this season. You know, those are important kinds of things in terms of, of where they are and opportunities already missed. Now, they've won a Super Bowl, and most teams haven't won a Super Bowl in that stretch. It's been wildly successful. And yet, I mean, you can't let the Titans have the number one seed such that they get to rest. Your guys have to play, including people like a Tyreek Hill who has this heel injury. And now you're in a situation where you have to play the Buffalo Bills, perhaps the best team in the NFL, and then still play two more games to win the Super Bowl. And so we'll see how this works out. McKinnon, an interesting guy here. Colin, as we start to look at what we might want to do for our team, the contest this week is eight players, right? So it's going to be one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and two flex spots. So we don't have as many flexes. We don't have to worry about fading anybody. We don't have to worry about picking a kicker in defense. We can go straight to the big-time guys. You were very much on the Bills. I think we're still very much on the Bills or the Chiefs. It does still feel like, even though now there's not the same advantage that those players got over an Aaron Rodgers, it feels like probably the way to play this still is with one of those two guys. Now, with the Chiefs, obviously, you do have these other options in Tyreek Hill as sort of a contrarian option. You have Travis Kelsey as this massive tight end weapon. When we weren't playing Patrick Mahomes last week, we were playing Kelsey, and he even throws the touchdown pass last week, which is kind of crazy. One of the things I was a little bit frustrated by in that game is that they had more plays from scrimmage where Patrick Mahomes wasn't the guy touching the ball than than I would like. I'm not sure there's really any value ever to be going down to nicole hardman handling the snaps but so we're looking at this team here and where do you want to start at the quarterback position
1: um before we get into that you mentioned people other than patrick mahomes throw, throwing the ball this week i think the only time you ever really want to see that is when you're doing like super bowl prop bets for like over two and a half players <laughs> to throw throw a pass that's the only time you're kind of looking for that but um Kelsey has had some success in in the Wildcat over over his time, obviously, and then uh, getting the passing touchdown this week. So it's a, a fun play, but yeah, I, I always think don't take the ball. It's the same if something like that happened with the Packers. Don't take the ball out of you know the key players' hands. But yeah, so this week we have eight players to play from. We only have eight teams, so it's one player per team. The interesting thing here, Sean, is with less players to choose from or less teams to choose from, no options to fade it's going to give you less chance to diversify those teams. So I was going to mention, like, in our setting up of the games last week, a lot of our thought process was, what are the games this week? And you mentioned there the likes of the, you know, situation, like if we have a Kelsey versus um, Josh Allen team or uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Diggs team, having those kind of matchups to face off against each other. This week, obviously, one less game to do that, but all the same rules implied we went quite heavy on the AFC side of things. All AFC quarterbacks kind of from that part of the puzzle. I wonder if the AFC becomes the very popular side and the contest with less teams. So you have the two flashy teams uh, kind of in the Bills and the Chiefs. And then people will say like, well, one of them is getting to the conference final. Then they're one game away from the Super Bowl. You're trying to get those players true. And then I do think as well that the Bengals will become kind of a, a more popular team this week than they even were last week and maybe that leaves the titans being the team that isn't as popular i would be looking maybe in this to go for those the, the more nice options that we can get and maybe take a bit more risk and in, in those players that we're selecting would you be thinking about going straight back to the likes of the chiefs and the bills and the Bengals who we have already in the first contest or would you be thinking about diversifying with maybe some changes around maybe the like the, the teams I would be targeting that I think are going to be facing off next week in the NFC, I think it's going to be the Packers and the Rams. So I would probably be leaning towards trying to be a little bit maybe differentiated. And I know we talked on Tuesday about the Packers speed to snap, but I, I do think that the there's potential for the Packers to do a lot through the air in this upcoming game and maybe differentiate into an Aaron Rodgers, for example, who may not be as popular as he probably should be in this contest, might be a way to be a little bit different. What's your thoughts on something like that? Or do you think you're leaning more towards the AFC side of things?
2: Yeah, the tricky part, I think, again, comes back to just how high-scoring Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup are, and that if you're going to come off of them, and it may be justified to come off of them, but you have to have a really good plan overall, and you need to see that scenario really clearly. Right. So we look at where we are here with Cooper Cup, for example, and he easily has the best matchup according to our strength of schedule streamer, which is advanced from the perspective of it's taking into consideration the teams that those teams played during the season. So it's not just straight stats. It has a strength of schedule element for the teams as they generated the results that have gotten them to where they are now. Right. If that makes sense. So we look at the matchups here and I don't think it's any surprise that Cooper cup versus this Buccaneers defense is sort of just easily the mainstream or straightforward play. So if you, you start with just the easy play there, you're going to have cup and building off of that. And then we also have this dynamic where it's easy to see him then also going and scoring a bunch of points against the Packers with how that game matches up. So if you like the Rams to get through, then I think it's hard to come off of cup there because it's not like a one game scenario you're looking at where, you know, last week it really looked like one of the running backs would outscore him, but then they didn't actually get in and cup, you know, put up a bunch of points late for a lot of that game. It looked like Odell Beckham would outscore him, And so there are, In a one-game scenario, even someone like Cooper Cup can go down. If you like the Rams through two games, maybe it's a little bit harder to see that. If you like the Rams into the Super Bowl and you have the double up, you know, he puts up 30 points. It's just going to be very difficult for him to not be part of that lineup. Adams maybe not to that extent, but I would see it in a little bit of a similar way. One of the ones from kind of the opposite perspective that's a little bit interesting is that if we look at –
0: The tight end position,
2: the Bills have been so dynamic against tight ends that Travis Kelsey has the worst matchup. So if you like the Bills to come through, then you're probably not just emphasizing Josh Allen, but you might even come off of Travis Kelsey and go to one of the Chiefs running backs. We run into the same kind of question where, uh, Zachary Kruger, who does all kinds of great best ball stuff and did the best ball series with you. I built a handful of teams with him for a playoff contest that uh, one of his friends is doing. Just an interesting sort of intellectual challenge moving through how you would want to play in that format where you can stack players. And in that one, we had a lot of scenarios where we had the Chiefs making it deep into the playoffs. And then the question is, you know, who's the running back going to be? that was an issue for us obviously it was an issue for everybody building teams in the ffpc last week i think it's still going to be an issue going forward even with mckinnon having this good game i think that will keep his roster percentage lower than it would be in a different environment i would expect it to jump way up because he had this big game he has the best matchup of running backs in this round really all of the running backs outside of mckinnon or outside of the chiefs you know don't have particularly good matchups it's perhaps not a surprise that When we get to the final eight here, that the teams have been pretty good at stopping the run. And so that might be a way where you can pivot off of not only Patrick Mahomes, but also off of Kelsey, off of Hill. And I would expect that the roster percentages to be a little bit more balanced than they were a week ago. But that might be an option that would get us a little bit different. Colin, the question that we had to ask ourselves last week, and I think that we are right back in that same position. In that we were projecting Bengals Titans. I think that that, you know, that not rare at all in the community. I think that, that what people expected to happen. And then the question is do you want to go with Joe Burrow, say he can get through the Titans, and then in a one game event, you play that game with the Bills or with the Chiefs 100 times, you know, probably the Bengals only win 25 of them. Now, when you look at some of the advanced stats and the algorithms for projecting the games they're probably going to to give the Bengals more victories than that and one of the reasons why you might give them more just very recently obviously the Chiefs the reason the Chiefs don't have the number one seed is that they go down to the Bengals on the road there but the Bengals will be going to Kansas City or going to Buffalo and within that context I mean they're just going to be heavy underdogs right but 25% 25% to make it through when you're looking at trying to win the contest, Burrow still becomes very interesting. He doesn't score a ton against the Raiders. We weren't really expecting a game environment that would allow him to score a ton against them. But against the Chiefs or against the Bills, even with the quality of the Bills past defense, you know, you could have this eruption and then you look to the Super Bowl, you could have another one. Burrow, even though he would put you behind if you went with him the first week, kind of exciting. But if you don't go with him, then we're back to this question of, do you come off of chase and go to Higgins maybe now, especially because Higgins was so bad in the wild card game and you would expect him to not be on very many rosters. And just like we were in the situation last week, where do we find our running backs? We were pretty adamant that the running backs last week were going to be tricky, especially any of the, the higher profile ones. They more or less got hammered by the wide receivers. You know, I think that that is likely going to be the case again, But Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, both kind of interesting in that game, even though it's not a great matchup, especially not a great matchup for Mixon.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting, and the running backs, again, are going to be the challenge. Um, Looking forward to seeing how this week continues to play out and how those lineups uh, come together. It was a lot of fun last week putting them together. I think it'll be the same this week, trying to be strategic about it and some of the points that we can uh, meet in the middle on in terms of where where we're going with some of these. But I do think like you mentioned players like Higgins and that I think the more obviously with only eight teams, we're gonna to have to find ways to differentiate things. And I do think the running backs that are going to be the most popular again are probably going to be the two main guys in, in Mixon and Mixon and Henry. And I also think obviously if, if we get Fournet back in the lineup, that would be beneficial as well. But as we roll on towards Saturday, we will have a third show coming out later this week. I do want to remind you though, as always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get yourself a 10% discount off a road of NFL pass. The code is updated, as I mentioned on the previous show. It is RV Radio 2022 now. Add that in at checkout. Save yourself 10%. Get yourself access to all of the tools and content up on the website. It'll help you make some of these lineup decisions as we get ready for the remainder of the playoffs. Uh, as i mentioned on previous shows as well some of these shows going up on the youtube channel head on over and subscribe to that we do appreciate that greatly and it's been a lot of fun having some interaction with people both through twitter and the the dm front and through the emails and that so if you have any questions coming up for some topics you'd like to hear throughout the off season send them our way we'll be happy to add those in to shows if, if we can make it work and uh, with that said all that's left to do is say thank you for listening in to today's show. I hope you have a good rest of your day and uh, and until we're back with another podcast, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotavis radio at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at Rhodeves Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Roto-Viz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.